Okay, the CD Projekt founder and CEO, Marcin Ivinsky, is now worth a billion dollars. I'm really looking forward to seeing exactly what Cyberpunk 2077 has to say about capitalism. <laughs> Big money. The shady corporation that looks over the city wants to tax us proportionately. <laughs> Come at me, bro. I'm on the internet. Look, I'm just trying to stir up some controversy so that we get all those like, hate clicks. <laughs> Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome and thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Video Game Chat Podcast, a fortnightly podcast talking about games, tech, and other nerdy goodness. I'm Geordie, and I'm joined by my co-hosts... I'm Rob. I'm Gary. I'm Brendan. We hope you enjoy this podcast and please follow us on Twitter at VGC underscore podcast and feel free to tweet us with topic recommendations or questions you have for us to answer on the podcast. So guys, how have we been doing since the last episode? Ooh, not bad, but there has been news. News? Yes, there has been lots of lots of news. (laughs) Yes, there has. (laughs) Coming straight out of uh, EA, we've had... uh, Battlefield 5 has been quietly announced that there is going to be no more content after the summer update, which is (laughs) not surprising, but a massive shame, as both the game had potential and quite a few of the devs had said that the Pacific update that they'd added just before Christmas was supposed to be like their sort of turnaround. They wanted more content in that sort of direction, but... To be as EA have pulled the plug and pushed everybody onto Battlefield 6 just because it just wasn't selling enough or making same enough thing money was over live service. Yep, same thing for Battlefront 2 has been announced today. Was it today really? or was it yesterday? Yeah, they've, uh, they've got the one more update in April and then that's it. Really? Outside of just events and things. Yeah, no more content. Didn't hear about so, the Battlefront one, but you, you were very uh, disappointed to find out about the Battlefield. Yeah, because again... Solid game at the core, but as I've said over the past two years now, there's just not enough content for it. It was so slow, complete drip feed of content through live service. We ended up with, well, less than we got over about a year and a half with Battlefield 1. So, you know. But the difference being there is that you paid for the content in Battlefield 1 as opposed to paying for the content in Battlefield uh, 5, was it? Yeah. So no more content, which is a massive shame, as I would have loved to see like Stalingrad and D-Day, things like that in Frostbite after so many goddamn years of it being absent from a Battlefield game. But I think if everybody's being pulled, clearly everybody from all of DICE is being pulled towards working on Battlefield 6. So if uh, Battlefront 2 is no longer getting any content, so um, hopefully... They're pulling their fingers out and sort of taking a few lessons from this one and actually next time <laughs> producing something that people actually want, you know? like Next time it's just a gigantic free-to-play battle royale game full of oh, um, microtransactions. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted content and now you've got weekly content. Just pay £10 for each thing. Yeah. We, we've heard you guys, you know, we, we know you want to go back to the classics and everybody's like, Battlefield 2143, Battlefield 2143, oh, and we're like, so we're proud to announce a return to Battlefield Heroes. <laughs> oh, <No>, Christ, why? <laughs> Battlefield Heroes wasn't a bad game. Yeah, I quite liked it. It was free. Yeah, it, it wasn't bad, it was just... Was it free? Not, not good. No, it wasn't not free. Not Battlefield. It wasn't, wasn't realistic, it was, like a, it was like a fun sort of kids game. Yeah. 
It was like Fortnite before Fortnite. Yeah. I'd give it that. Yeah, well. Yeah. I and, really uh, hope I'm not about to develop hiccups on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's hope not. For my, for, well, for your sake, really, when I'm going through the edit. Um, and yeah, in other studio shutdown news, uh, the Bratislava studio for Behemoth Interactive shut down. Yes. Which is apparently not affecting Daisy development, although allegedly they have already had. Yeah, they have already had. Yeah, they had already had a whole bunch of developers pulled off to work on the Infusion engine um, after about six months ago, saying, "No, no, no, our studio, you know, the Daisy studio is staying exactly the same size." And then they went, "But actually, we lost half of them because now they're working on Infusion for pretty much everything going forward for Bohemia." So. So what's it still going slow? What's in future? Is anyone actually going to notice that a Daisy Studio has shut down? <laughs> no, because the content <laughs> is <laughs> just slow enough coming as it is. So, um, I mean, to be fair, they probably yeah. got more content in the game uh, on release than Battlefield Five did. That's true, and about as many bugs. Really, and about as many bugs. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that was my main issue with Battlefield 5. I loved it as a game. Like, it felt like a really polished shooter, but it just it, yeah. it needed more time before release. They, they rushed it yeah. out, and it... The first six months, just like Battlefield oh. 4, were buggy as hell. There were so many, like, disconnects and just weird, like, weird issues that just kept popping up. The, the one that I remember was when you're in one of the tanks as the top gunner, and when you aim down the sights, usually it just pulls the gun closer towards you and you have a reticule that you can shoot with. Cool. Yeah, that makes mm. sense. There wasn't, there was no reticule. There was no gun. I just zoomed in and I had no crosshair, so I couldn't actually use it. And I was like, well, well, I'm glad I paid about 60 quid for this. <laughs> that was actually, um, that wasn't a bug. That was a feature where you become a superhuman who shoots bullets out of his mouth. Oh, yes. Oh, no, sorry. You're right. I do remember that feature. Yeah. It was a secret Nazi weapon. Yes. Uh, yes. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what you guys think the next battlefield's going to be, whether they go back to Modern Warfare, which. Yeah, I'm hoping bad for 2143. You're hoping for Bad Company. company. Oh, bad, bad Company, company was good, great. yeah. That would be a break from the standard, which would allow them to sort of address like the main issues with core battlefield, but like people weren't happy with this time around and, you know, would be a fan favourite that would probably bring a few pissed off people back, provided they didn't bollock that, bollocks that one up as well. So 2143 would need that's a, good shout. a massive overhaul. Um, it would need to be modernised and, and the engine would need to have so many new features added. So Bad Company would be an easier, probably safer one for them to do in terms of yep. development. Oh yeah, like all they'll do is reskin it. Well, exactly, yeah. So they don't... The, the, the engine itself, aside from the many, many bugs and the lack of content, the game played very well. So to just reskin it to Bad Company, it's an easy no-brainer, really. Um, yeah, more of a linear campaign and more of a focus on developing the Rush game mode again. Than, yeah, uh, oh, and Gold things. Rush was so good. I love that in, in Bad Company. And bringing back toppling entire buildings. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Complete destruction as opposed to what we ended up with over like Battlefield Four, Battlefield Three. Yeah. Part of me really wants two on four three though. I I gr- yeah basically grew up on two one four two uh, as a Battlefield. Oh god, yeah. Player. Titan mode, man. Titan. That was. I, w- I yeah. won't be happy if they do a Battlefield Four Titan mode and the Titans don't fucking move. Oh no, they, they it has to move. You have to have commander mode as yeah. well, like so that you can yep. you have one commander in the match who. 
acts like a commander. But that being said, I do remember there was a lot of griefing being the commander. Uh, you got team killed a lot. Yeah. So maybe it's not ideal. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'm, well, we'll find a way. I'm sure playtesting will remove the fun in. out of it. Oh, God. Focus groups. But... I'm yeah. just looking forward to having another release that might actually make me want to open Origin again. <laughs> just don't ever open it, ever. Agreed. Fair enough. Yeah, same. Apart from Apex, you know Apex was the only one, aside from Battlefield recently, that I opened up Origin for. And now yeah. Geordie's playing uh, Modern Warfare. Apex is collecting dust. Well, we can always play some more. I'm always up for playing other games. In other news, we uh, we heard earlier this week or a couple of days ago uh, the new oh new VR game coming, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. Oh yeah, we're all pretty oh, excited yeah. for that. And in I other can't VR remember news, when the actual release is supposed to be, but in other VR news, hopefully by the time this podcast is released, Rob will have his headset. Oh yes, it's shipping. It's shipping. <laughs> I'm excited. A happy boy. And by the time this goes out, are, are you planning on there? Are you planning on streaming it, Rob? I don't know. I want to get my uh, VR legs first. I think get used to it. Pavlov attempt to stream. Yeah, we got to do a big Pavlov training yeah. session with you. Oh yes. <laughs> Honestly, Rob. Rob, <laughs> Jordy. <laughs> Your day will come, Jordy. And and we'll go through the same rituals that we have all taken, which is sitting down. We'll wait for we'll wait for Jordy to excitedly announce that he's finally getting his VR headset, and we'll just go now. We're bored of it now. It's gimmick. (laughs) Just just wait for him to just get so enraged, and then go. Actually, we're kidding. We go. Come on, let's fire it. Three D TV, mate. Yeah, three D TV. Fuck it out. Yeah, I'm sure both Rob and Jordy, when you get your VR headsets, you'll do... um, I mean, I I don't know, Brendan, if you did the same as me, but uh, going through VR, playing Pavlov, uh, the speed of Pavlov is very quick and you're not... I wasn't quite used to it. So I had to like sit down for like half an hour with the headset still on, just being like... Ooh. (laughs) Barely intense. Yeah. I suppose if you really wanted to mess with yourself, just the starting tutorial of Boneworks will pretty much introduce you to all of the most intense aspects of VR. Mm. Climbing ladders for me is still a bit disorientating, to say the least. The um, the rope lift on Boneworks was the one that messed with me, where um, it has like it kind of looks like a zip line, but you're at the bottom of it, and you place your hand on it, and it winches you up to an upper ledge, and like you're holding on with one hand and looking down at your little feet dangling above the ground that's getting further and further away and it's just like (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you'll enjoy that there is one glaring bit of news that we have not covered with regards to um, leaks oh yes oh Oh, yes the the big bit of news very big bit of news who wants to who wants to share Who's actually played that game? Because I'm sure you, one of one of you guys could probably talk about it more. I haven't played it. Unfortunately, I haven't. It's on my big list of <laughs> shit to play if they ever actually port it all to PC. Uh, Jordy, you've played it, right? Played it. Uh, the Last of Us. Yes. Is that yes. what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, The Last of Us uh, 2. 
So was it the story or was it the actual full game? The full game. The game. Yeah. The full, the full game, game was leaked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought it was just the story was leaked. No. Oh, oh no. So, yeah. The full fucking game. It, it was a... Full um, game was leaked. It, it was a uh, disgruntled dev after working overtime um, through the COVID pandemic and then finding out... Well, I mean, this is all allegedly from what I've seen online, but finding out that they weren't being paid for said overtime. So they streamed it. The whole game. That's it. Wow. And uh, because of that, uh, there was they, so they originally pushed the game back further into the year because of COVID. And now because of the leak, they're pushing it f- much further forward to yep. uh, June, is it? It's next month, isn't it? I think so, yeah. It's next, well, I, as when this goes out, it'll be this month. Um, but... I think it's actually June fifteenth or fourteenth or something like that. I could be wrong. Yeah. Either way, it's coming a bit closer than before. I remember there was um the part of the my introduction into what was actually happening was I just saw someone saying like um one of the developers was pissed off with the fact they kept delaying the game and he wanted people to play it. So he released it early and like these people being like, oh yeah, what a hero, what a king and shit like that. And it's just like someone going, did you watch the stream? He did it because he wasn't being paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Bit of a dip. Anyway, in one last stopper of news, if we're ready for it yet. Yeah, sorry, were you still going to say something there, Gary? I might have cut you off. No, it's fine. I was going to just I've say got, what a I've dick got one move. more little bit of news. We've got loads of news. It's a news-filled yeah. time. Do you want to go first, Jordan, or shall Welcome I? Welcome to video game news. <laughs> yes. Oh, we the, need to have a new jingle. The Destroy All Humans remake has got what? a release date Ooh. of July 28th, 2020. Uh, Even the, though they were doing a re- remake. Yeah. Yeah, a remake on uh, PC, PS4, and <gasps> Xbox One. Oh so you'll God. be able to play Destroy Humans on PC, which would be great. Mm. Mm. Definitely interested in that. That could be good. And it, it yeah. just does look very, very good from the from the trainer as well. And they've done it justice in terms of graphics. I haven't watched any of the, the trailers yet, but the graphics look like they would have looked if it was made now. Yeah. yeah. Basically what they've what they've done. Yeah. Cool. And Rob, your uh, your final bit of news for our new segment. Okay, the CD Projekt founder and CEO, Marcin Ivinsky, is now worth a billion dollars, which is very, very cyberpunk. Owning a billion dollars. Yep. <laughs> On top of all that crunch for the developers and the overtime that's, and the delay. Mm, a billion dollars. Kind of, yeah, that's huge enough. Like, obviously, um, I'll remember to thank him for um, all the work that he's done when I'm pulling the lever on the guillotine. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> That's the metaphorical guillotine, oh. right, Brendan? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really, looking for, I'm really looking forward to seeing exactly what Cyberpunk 2077 has to say about capitalism. Mm. <laughs> Big money. <laughs> That's probably about it. <laughs> I'm just imagining this like weird, jarring fourth wall break where one of the characters turns around and goes like, hey, he works really hard for his money, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know what would be really cyberpunk? <laughs> Liking billion. 
<laughs> Speaking of billionaires, a non-video game related Hoarding one. wealth is fine and good, actually. <laughs> the shady corporation that looks over the city wants to tax us proportionately. <laughs> <laughs> Take them down. Why should I have to pay my employees out of my own money when, you know, everyone else can pay for them? <laughs> Why don't we just buy more money? <laughs> and another little bit slowly of, becoming uh, political. <laughs> a little bit of nice, a little bit of nicer. Descent into like a left-leaning anti-capitalist podcast begins now. <laughs> the a little bit of nice news to end up on. Nice news is a little bit of nice news is that oh, we uh, need a jingle. Bethesda have uh, donated. Uh, a million? Uh, is it a million? Pretty sure it's a million uh, dollars to the COVID nineteen campaign of uh, trying to get rid of it. Jordan, I'm going to look up how much Bethesda is yep. worth, yeah. and I'm going to turn I'm this going to look up how much tax Still a lot of money. Bethesda's yeah. net worth is two point five billion dollars. So one million dollars is like me finding. Oh, I've got three quid on my desk here now. There you go, Jordan. Yeah. Three quid. Five five hundred thousand given to Direct Relief, uh, a charity directly involved with COVID nineteen relief efforts. A uh, quarter of a million will go to UNICEF, and another quarter of a million to uh, local relief efforts in communities. Should be interesting to see if others follow suit with that then. Yeah, it would be nice, wouldn't it? Well, it'd be nice if, sort of you know, together. the corporations that ran this world actually paid their fair share of tax so we wouldn't be in the situation where we have to create charities to relief something that should be paid for anyway. We're coming for you, CD Projekt. <laughs> you go, direct... Dire- <laughs> I'm sure direct they relief all tax. You hear me, Todd Coward! <laughs> Todd Coward. <laughs> Come at me, bro, direct- I'm on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I've completed your game and now I'll finish you. There was also a, a 400,000 donation courtesy of the Corona Relief Done Quick speedrunning uh, live stream. <laughs> Wait, what? Corona Relief Done Quick speedrunning showcase. <laughs> I'm just watching this guy being like, I'm going to get through this virus so fast. <laughs> I'm going to enter the Guinness Book of World Records for only coughing once. Fever and, done in a day. And also the humble Conquer COVID-19 bundle, which raised 6.5 million, Holy which shit. was shared between Direct Relief, Doctors Without Borders, Partners in Health, and International Rescue Committee. That's really good. So yeah, 6.5. Good on you, humble bundle, and all the people that bought that bundle. Did any of us buy that bundle? <laughs> I am just looking at it Probably. now. Ooh, they've got a hum- they've got a total war seal. Ooh. Wait, is this still on the bundle? Um, I assume so. No. Have a little. Is it not? No. No, it's not. On. No, it's it's gone. Well, we're all bad humans. <laughs> I wish I could be a good human, like the CEO yeah. of CD Project. Two hundred eight. Two hundred eight. Look, I'm just trying to stir up some controversy so that we get all those like, hate clicks. <laughs> oh, yes, I can't wait to receive all my death threats on my 50 followers. <laughs> Have you not had any yet? <laughs> no, I, I, I genuinely haven't had any death threats as of yet. 
<laughs> well, oh, billionaires that, Gary, fan club that's coming moment. for you. Never mind, t- <laughs> never mind hitting like your first 100, 250 subs or anything. Wait until you get your first comments telling you to kill yourself or something. That's that's the true, the true, the true sort true. of mark of you've made it into that's YouTube. That's the true spirit of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. No, boys. <laughs> Let's move swiftly on to today's topic. Gary, take it away. Yes, uh, and quickly before I do do that, um, another bit of news that has now uh, slipped the news segment. But um, talking of uh, Todd Howard reminded me that um, the Wastelanders DLC for 76 has come out. And... um, It's apparently good. Yeah, it's... I've heard positive things. I... Would like to look into it a bit more. I, I yeah, I don't know I too can much just about hear it. Todd, Todd Howard's pockets just rustling. I now. know. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> it just works. <laughs> but I have also heard that you know that there isn't. There's still not that much in the game. So I'm kind of torn. I, I, I think we need. I need to do a little bit more research before anything final is said about it. Fair play to them for continuing to support the game. Even though pretty much sorry, support the game. You mean fix their broken ass mess? <laughs> I was I was trying. <laughs> Gary complete, just doing the PR on their behalf. The <laughs> I, I was I was just doing a little bit of you know uh, fluffing. <laughs> um, we all know Gary's a great big fluffer. Oh, I'm a oh I'm a, I'm a fiend for the fluff. Which is a perfect time for me to mention me undies. <laughs> oh no! Just messing. Continue on. We're not sponsored. No, we definitely are not sponsored. Head us up if you're interested. <laughs> Not you, Todd Hard. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll do a 76 sponsored playthrough. I wonder how that'll go. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, to the topic at hand. Um, this is my first time uh, kind of presenting this section, so I hope it goes well. But I thought we could all talk about something that a lot of the internet uh, has very heated views upon and that is the choice of store which you purchase your games from so basically the steam versus epic debate and yeah guys what do you think which uh, without going too far into it like generally do you have any thoughts on this whole debate are you like do you care that people hate on epic or hate on steam i don't have a strong opinion either way I, I know that it is a bit of a pain to have to go to different stores and different libraries for your games. It'd be nice if there was just one sole place where all your games were stored and one login account for all of your content and the games that you want to play. Uh, but then I do understand that obviously certain companies and certain uh, game manufacturers will have their own launchers uh, or have companies which want to use their platform instead of another platform for selling and distributing their games. And it's all just really down to sort of... They are the the bigger ones. You've got Steam, Epic, Origin, Uplay. You could say Microsoft, Windows. Yeah, Battle.net as well. But I... I see, I've always seen 
Battle.net to be a completely different thing to Steam anyway, just because of the types of games. But now, obviously, you're getting all the, the Call of Duties and stuff coming to Battle.net as well. It is sort of then dividing my library. So if I want to go back and play uh, Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2, I've got to go on Steam. But if I want to play the newest Modern Warfare or the Modern Warfare 2 Remastered, I'm going to go have to go on Battle.net. So it is just a bit of a... Everything's all in... You've got lots of hands in lots of different pockets, basically. Yeah, I find the more irritating thing is when it comes to you've bought a game on Steam that's owned by, say, Ubisoft or now Rockstar as well. Now they've pushed yes. the Rockstar launcher is you can't just launch on Steam. You launch through Steam, it then launches another launcher, which then has to update things as well and then plays the game or doesn't play the game because then it tries to launch through the thing but ties to Steam, tries to then launch the game through Steam which is already running, and it just, ugh. Like, I've had that problem just trying to play GTA V again recently. Now they've added the Rockstar mm. Launcher. You launch through Steam, it launches Rockstar Launcher, then tells you to click play to play GTA, and it won't let you. So you have to turn everything off, like shut down all, like shut down Steam, shut down Rockstar Launcher, open the Rockstar Launcher first, then click play, which opens Steam, which then works. It's so fucking annoying. And yeah, I we- don't, ugh. We've recently Why? had those. We've recently had the same problem with uh, one of my friends uh, bought us all Uno through Steam when it was on on sale for like just under a fiver, maybe a couple of quid. And uh, Uno is one of those games where you open it up in Steam. It then makes you download the Ubisoft UPlay uh, launcher to launch it through there. And then when we got to all lo- like logging in and playing it on Uplay, we realised, wait, how are we going to play with each other? None of us are, are friends on Uplay. Yeah. So I had to open up Uplay, get all the friends list and add all my four friends that I was playing with to try and actually get in a game. We ended up spending more time trying to set up a game than actually playing the game. It was... It's, I just don't understand why you just can't integrate it with Steam, if that was the, the place where you purchased it from. But, yes, that's just one of the, the things that we will be discussing. Yeah. You should at least be able to, like, link your accounts between yeah. them, just so you can copy friends. This person's got also got this account. Yeah, you know, if obviously there's some GDPR shit tied into that, but you should be able to enable it to, like, link friends throughout, just so you don't have to keep going through the process like that, because that's annoying. Especially when you're late to the game like I am, and none of my usernames match. Because some fuck has taken one on like Origin, but on Steam, I can just rename it to whatever I want. <laughs> so, Yeah, true. Um, but it's an interesting point you say about... So, so the two points there, one with only having one location for games, which is more of a convenience thing, and I totally get that. Um, but you can, you can add games to... Steam. You can activate non-Steam yeah. games in Steam. But then the counter-argument to that is if it does require a launcher, uh, it's... You've still got to use that launcher anyway. Use the launcher. Yeah. And, and the launcher, I agree. I, the amount of times where you play something through Steam, like Rainbow Six Siege opens up, you play, oh my God, what a faff. And, and then you've yeah. got to... You can't just press, like, for, for us, it's like control... No, sorry, shift tab to bring up friends so you have to remember which one it is and it's usually like alt f2 or shift f2 or something for uh yeah it's all these different like 
finger configurations. You've got one for Origin, yeah. one for Uplay, one for Steam, one for Discord. It's all like all these different shift F1s, F2s, I mean, hashtag shift or control F or whatever. It would be nice if they just went, okay, like, we don't own shift tab. So, let, so let's just use Shift-Tab, like use it as a, a common denominator between all platforms mm. to make it easier for the integration between platforms. Because like you said, I can't remember, the only one I can remember is Shift-Tab because I, I, I use Steam all the time. But I, ca- I can't remember Uplay because, or Origin because I only play those games on those platforms every now and then. So mm-hmm. it, that, that it, to me is, is a, a point of contention for using the launchers. Like Rob said, having the annoyance of it not working and you have to find your own workaround in order to make something that should work flawlessly because you've paid for it work, that sounds even more frustrating. I feel like one particular aspect of Uplay in itself that bothers me is that in its interface design and its use, like if I like the vast, vast, vast majority of games I have are all through Steam, and if I've bought a Ubisoft game that I launch through Steam, uh, Uplay will pop up. I'll have to try and remember what the hell I used to sign into it. I think I've forgotten two accounts now already. But um, once I finally get signed in, I am clicking play as quickly as possible. I don't want to be looking at whatever the hell the Uplay front store thing is to try and steal more money from me. And um, I'll launch the game and start playing it. But the way they've done it, which is good in its own way, where when you play the game, you get your U-Club points or whatever they're called. And it allows you, like Microsoft points with Xbox Live, to get rewards effectively. So you're playing the game, you're doing like little achievements and things like that, and you're able to unlock um, like wallpapers, extra little skins, things like that that are part of the game. But it's also just because you play is so closely integrated with this, I find it somewhat immersion breaking where it's like you get this big bloody you play pop up thing pop up on your page and it feels like you're being yeah. advertised mm. to by the company that have already successfully sold you the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that actually happened on the PlayStation. Like you have to to play mm. Assassin's Creed, you had to create a, a Ubisoft account. And then when you earn an achievement, I think it shows you you earn X amount of Ubisoft points and it shows you an advert for you, Uplay. And I, I was like, well, yeah, and the same, same comment as you, as you, Brendan, like, I'm, I'm already playing your game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You play, you play have that thing of they were giving you U points for, for playing their game and unlocking achievements so that you can unlock skins and uh, wallpapers and uh, album arts and stuff like that that you probably just probably would have got in the game to begin with sort of thing stuff that was, yeah. was probably already going to be offered to you in the game for free but no you've got to make achievements to be able to unlock these and stuff like that yeah i don't i don't i you've don't play really 10 minutes of gameplay and you've shot three guys so now you've got a ping pop up pop up on your screen that says you've just won 30 points and with those 30 points you can unlock the blue coat it's like could you not just give me a mission in the game that gives me the yeah. blue coat please i think uh, i don't to be fair i don't really mind like incentivizing people to actually play the game to unlock further stuff i mean that is sort of how games usually work anyway but uh, the same as you said having the obnoxious pop-up and then ubisoft's weird decision to have those you play points r- expire 
as well. It's, it's, it's just it's, fucking it's weird. A, it's more of a point that you have to leave the game, go onto the Ubisoft, mm. the Uplay launcher, unlock the things that you've earned, and then go back yeah. in the game to then view and equip those things. Yeah. Like, surely yeah. I can. I should just be able to go, right, my Uplay points I've got are these, unlock it within the game, and then equip it whilst in the game without having to go out of it and go into a launcher to do that. Mm. Yep. Makes more sense. And that's usually the sort of thing that feedback will eventually change. Like, I remember when Origin was first introduced with, was it Battlefield 3? And so. it was, yeah, it was disgusting. Like, if any of you bought Battlefield 3 on PC at that time, like, it was a hideous launcher and it was so clunky and just unusable. And, like, obviously a lot of people complained about it being nowhere near equivalent to, stream, to Steam. And people changed. They changed it. It now it now works as a storefront quite nicely. It works as you know a, a game library as well. And the UI is not bad. It's more usable. So I feel like UPlay still haven't taken some of that on board. Like obviously, just being able to use your UPlay points while you're playing games would be a lot easier. But they still haven't got the memo for that yet. And I, I don't see Epic's launcher changing anytime soon, because despite the fact that it's home to one of the most popular games on PC at the, t- at the moment, <laughs> they still haven't really done a lot of work on the launcher. So I actually have a point on this. So after some research that I did for the Epic Games Store, I found an article that basically said that they aren't going to do much more to the store they're not planning on adding any more features like forums or, you know, like the achievement type things and the stickers and the trading cards that you get on Steam. They said they're going to just not do that and focus more on uh, social media promotion instead. Oh. So that is something that um, one of the, one of the uh, kind of spokespeople for Epic Games Store has come out and said. Uh- I'd much rather them do that than try and copy what Steam has got. Because Steam's great, and Steam's got the the massive library to go with all these sort of the community, the groups, the the workshops and stuff like that, and the forums. Like that's always been a thing with Steam or from yeah. like from day one. They've always had a they've always had like forums. Well, from what I can remember. Well, not not right. quite day one. I mean, from what I can remember from installing Steam for the very first time, however many years ago, I remember that I had I had all the, uh, I had TF2, I had Counter-Strike, and all the forums where I found people to play with online and like organise servers and stuff like that were all done through our forum on on Steam, there was no other way, like no other place I needed to go to to do it, unless we decide to go and off and do our own thing. But Steam was pr- primarily everywhere to go for that. Where Epic is just literally a storefront, a friends list, exactly what it needs to be. I feel for what it is. Yeah, I think Epic is taking the safest approach with that. If they want to invest in trying to copy what Steam has done and improve on it, it would take years of development and huge risks Mm. and design risks to try and do that and perfect it. Whereas it's safer, easier, and probably going to be more profitable for them to simply be a storefront. Because all they're doing at the moment is using their funds to secure big title releases 
get all the revenue from that. And as you had said, they're focusing on social media. Like there's a feedback system here of where they have these exclusives that are given to like major social media influencers, got players sharing stuff from their exclusive platform, getting everyone to come back and use it as a storefront. So if they're just focusing on that, it's easier to make that work than to sit there and think, right, so we want to be like Steam. So how do we introduce a development kit? How do we introduce an API? How do we do workshops so that people can introduce their own mods, a green light system, the libraries or the format or the forum systems and all the rest of that? Like that is a huge amount of development time that would be required for that. So it's safer for Epic to just stick to what they know effectively. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, you know, Steam has been around since September 2003 and yeah. Epic Game Store only released in December 2018. So they have the benefit of knowing what works on Steam, but also, like you said, there's no point investing in the infrastructure to push it even further when it is such a, a massive financial risk. And ultimately, even if they did it well, even if it, if, if it was perfect, people would compare it to Steam which I think they yeah. want to separate themselves away from. So as, as I, I, you know, we, we're all, all four of us basically spend our life on Steam. That is like the, the platform for the majority of our games because it has the biggest catalog of games as well. And yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I don't really give a fuck about the trading cards. The achievements are nice. Um, the forums. I, I completely forgot the trading cards exist. Yeah, yeah, I've never bothered with them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there was a time in my life where trade. I would literally just play games to get trading cards, and strike. There were times at, uh, like when Christmas came along, when I would just buy games just to get the Christmas trading cards, just to get the little Christmas like badge that you'd get. That is, lit, but then I just decided, like, why am I doing this every year? This is stupid. Like, mm. you're leveling up an account for like something that you don't really need to level up. It's not Steam yeah. isn't a game. Steam is the place where you keep the games. Like, mm. but that's I can understand where, where they will go in and what how how they go with it. But now, like, if I ever get a trading card, I just leave it on my account and I'm just like, oh, yeah, fuck it, whatever. Oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Like, I definitely was involved in. Well, like, you got the cards for playing the games and yeah, things we used like to that. Trade I remember them. sticking them up on Marketplace for, you know, three yeah. pence a pop or whatever. Mm. I'm pretty sure me, you, and a few of the guys in the old Skype call that we used to have used to just get the Christmas cards and then, like, always like, oh, I haven't got this one. Do you need this one? Blah, blah, blah. Trade and send them with each, to each other just so that yeah, you can level up your account. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't even leveling up my account. It was literally just like, if I can get three quid, then I can buy that five pound game for two quid. <laughs> <laughs> that five pound game that Geordie's recommended you, which is a survival uh, early access title. Yep. An early access one. Yeah, that, that's certainly one of those. Like when we talk about the positives and negatives of each one of these platforms, a very positive thing is that Steam got really into the whole system of just like, it's it sort of aligned with Kickstarter as well, where it's like, look, if you want to make a game, we will give you the kit to integrate it with Steam and you can put it up there. If it gets enough support, you can launch it on the platform and you can sell it. Platform's there, it's published, done, sorted. But it also just means that we have fucking 10,000 early access zombie survival games that are all fucking carbon copies of Daisy. Some slightly developed a little bit better. Yeah. No, but most developed much, much worse, let's face yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Like, as much as we do bitch about that game, it's the only one that does all of what it does as well as it does. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to see a... It fucking fixed and finished, but... (laughs) Yeah, well, not even... I, I, I don't think it ever will be fixed or finished. I would just like to see a version of Daisy that's not built on the engine that it's built on. Yeah, but this this is again trying to steer away from getting dwelling into games that we've already covered on episodes. Mm. This is an element of the green light problem where, and it's not just green light. Kickstarter is responsible for it as well, where people have quite flashy little games that they've got a good little marketing campaign around. They've got good screenshots and a trailer put together, and it's kind of trundles along in a broken sort of pre-beta state, and then just dies just loses the community and doesn't really get updated anymore and people spent money hoping that this early access game would actually get released in a full form mm. to be fair that's no different from like you said kickstarter you know you yeah if you see early access beta alpha to me that implies that you're uh you're kind of risking your money on something that may yeah. not finish and that's fine you know it's an investment and if it does come to fruition then perfect you know that that's a game that you invested wisely in there there is a lot of like mm. there's a lot of temptation with steam to just buy all, everything and you know i i don't know if you want to compare libraries um but i'm on like 350 odd games probably 90% of those i haven't even opened so yeah i, I there, there's a lot of chaff there's a lot of me not actually having time to play these games. Um, yeah. but And then there's that small, small curse of uh, bundles on sale. Well, so that's the thing. Yeah. yeah, most of the games that I have are bundle games. And I looked at them and I was like, I will play this. And four years later, five years later, I even, I even bought them when I, when I had a Mac. And I, I, was, I didn't even have a PC. I bought these bundles. Like, when I get a PC again, I'm going to have loads of games to play. And now I've got like 350 and I only played three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining, yeah, one of these developers that poured hours and hours of love and passion into this indie game that they've made. And Humble Bundle picked it up and they're like, oh, yes, my profile is going to go through the roof. Like, this is finally my game is going to be recognized. <laughs> and Gary is sitting here during a global pandemic when none of us can go outside. And he's like, fuck your game. <laughs> to, to be fair, I, I, I am still working full time and I don't have time to sift through everything. And I will yeah. go to the, the games that I want to play as opposed to the games that I probably should try. And I do want to try them, don't get me wrong. But when, when all you guys are online and you're like, especially with now that we got VR, like I want to play VR games. I want to. You know, there's, yeah, I mean, we're getting slightly off topic now, but I mean, Steam, Steam has changed a lot. I posted a screenshot in, in, in the chat, uh, and it, I don't know if any of our listeners ever installed Steam in the very early days when you had to use it as basically an update platform for, uh, the Valve games, uh, like Half-Life 1, Counter-Strike, Team Fortress, it was green. It was very olive, <laughs> olive and yellow. Uh, it was it was it was quite offensive looking back. Um, but I, it, it does have a lot of fond memories for me. But um, all the other ones, all the, like the, the, there's a couple of 
big titles that we mentioned. There's Steam, there's Origin, uh, Epic, Rockstar, Batonet. A lot of them tend to just be launchers for that yeah. uh, particular publisher. And most of, I, I mean, without actually knowing full well, the profit probably goes 100% to them. So it makes sense to launch their game on that. As a consumer, it's frustrating because we have to launch it through another launcher. Um, but then there are some smaller ones as well. And you know, GOG Galaxy, which we mentioned before, uh, they have the same profit margin as Steam for uh, developers. Is, is it? No, sorry, not for... So, they, they, so Steam and GOG Galaxy take 30% of the profits as like a commission to put it on yeah. a platform. Uh, whereas Epic Games Store is actually undercutting Steam in a very big way. So to publish any game, so to publish a game on Steam, you have a 30% store fee. Then if you use Unreal Engine 4, you have to pay another 5% because you're paying for the privilege of using Unreal Engine 4. So that you're paying 35% if you're using Unreal Engine on Steam. Now, cut to Epic, they only have a 12% store fee. So they're only taking 12% of the profit. So the rest, 88%, goes to the developer. Obviously, Epic Games make Unreal Tournament, uh, sorry, and Unreal Tournament, but Unreal Engine. So they waive the fee if you use an Unreal Engine game on their platform. So, especially indie devs, a lot of devs are moving over to Epic as Epic exclusives. Yeah, and they, they do also get the added incentive as well. Like, there's a straight-up cash incentive as well on top of all that for them. Obviously, they get money pumped into development and stuff as well if they need it for that annual... that. 12 month exclusivity which for exclusivity yes but i mean you could say the same for if sony approached them or if microsoft approached them it's the same sort of deal so just that alone you know yes they could do exclusivity on the epic game store but the percentage is much more favor favorable for developers i do feel that 12 months exclusivity for games is is too much for a game that can that should be released on all platforms at the same time but yeah i think months. this is where like corporations fighting each other for control of the market affects for, consumers to a certain mm. extent for example yep. I, like, bought, I bought borderlands 3 when borderlands 3 was released on the day one on epic games and i was like right cool borderlands love the franchise i'm definitely buying this game bought it I've played it, and it's now out on Steam at 50% off, I may add, and it's been 50% off on Steam since it's come out, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think that's been 12 months, or, or at least 8 months it's been out since then. And, like, Brendan didn't even know the game existed. <laughs> yeah. The whole time it's been out, yeah. even though it's been out and, on the new uh, games the whole time. Metro Exodus, I completely forgot that existed. Yeah. But I think and it's just like... Why would why would they not just release like I'm pretty sure Borderlands it was Epic exclusive on PC, but it's still released on PlayStation and Xbox around the same time as well. 
Well, th this is the element of where, because I would say my own dislike that goes towards Epic, and it's not that sort of thing of like, I've got Epic installed on my computer, like I'll take free games off them, because mm. who wouldn't? But um, there's a certain level of lip curling that I feel towards how they entered the market, because like their biggest competitor they wanted to go after as a storefront was inevitably going to be Steam, and they did it in effectively the most sort of aggressive capitalistic approach they could. Like they went in and to be fair, good for developers, they immediately undercut Steam when it comes to how much of a percentage they take out of sales. They leveraged their ownership of Unreal Engine to provide a benefit to people developing on it as well. And then the third party exclusivity deals is probably like the proper toxic example of that. Rather than just saying, you know, here, you're a developer, we'll give you a better deal if you put your thing onto our platform as well. They've gone, no, put it onto our platform and only our platform so that people using Steam can't access it. Well, I don't think mm. they necessarily say put it on our platform and only our platform without giving them money. You know, they'll be like, we'll give you X amount so you can help finish and polish your game. We'll give you all the support you need, but it can only Gary. be exclusive. So Gary, I think you're missing the entire it. point of like it's shaped around not letting them put yeah. it on to other platforms. No, I know, but yes, yeah. they can it's, give it, them they're money. Not, they're not nice, doing it out of care. Care. I, I, I they're a, not doing it out of care for small developers trying to get a product finished. I, I am aware of that, but Steam isn't doing it. So to a small dev, they see someone giving them a hand where they have fuck all money before they sell their game, and they're like, "Well, of course I'm going to take that." Whereas Steam doesn't offer any support like that at all. But where where are all the small dev games that are being released on Epic that aren't being released on Steam? Because uh, all the all the all the games that are being released on Epic that aren't on Steam, uh, all like big AAA titles. Satisfactory. You got your, board, you got your Borderlands Three. Satisfactory's on Steam. Sure yeah. it is. No. Yeah. Okay then. That's one. It, it, it wasn't on. Um, it wasn't on release anyway. Satisfactory's been out for Predator Hunting Grounds. That's a epic exclusive. Borderlands uh, Free Industries epic of exclusive. Titan as well. I think is uh, early access exclusive to Epic. The Chivalry Two closed alpha is coming to Epic, but it's not coming out on yep. Steam. Uh, what other ones have we got on here? Savage Land, uh, Journey to the Savage Planet. That was an epic uh, only release when that first came out. But these are indie devs, right? Well, these are all big, big devs, aren't they? Journey to the sure. they, Savage. Does it matter what kind of dev they are? Because fundamentally, it's this thing of like Epic forming is a good thing in the same way that GOG Games forming is a good thing. It's offering competition so that Steam can't just monopolize and absolutely rip the arse out of consumers. But it sort of goes against that when you open yourself in that way, but design it so that it's about exclusivity. It's about sealing things behind a wall that means that the only way people can get them is by getting them from your platform, which sort of strikes me as against the spirit of sort of saying, you know, there's people other than Steam you can use. Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily a debate that anyone can win, really. It's, you know, they, they yeah, are... like. They, they, every, these platforms are here. They're all competing against each other. The only uh, sort of parallel I can draw to it, which I actually really dislike, is Netflix and Amazon Prime. Uh, yeah. And I, I only have a subscription to one of them. 
and the other one has fuck all on it. So it's not really a competition. Like, yeah. but uh, I wouldn't but, say that either or has fuck all on it. All right. There okay, are certain things that I have. There, there are certain things that I will purchase one or the other for for certain mm. series. Like there are some, like without like completely just like not sponsored, but there are some Netflix series that are really good. There are also some Amazon Prime series that are really good. And there was a point where I was paying for both of them uh, for a number of months. But yeah, one is more popularized and gets a lot more content. But I do feel that the quality of content is very similar. I don't know. Even about though that. We're, we're sort of we're sort of going off we're going off the topic we, of we, games, we, but yeah, yeah. It, it, but it, it's but the it, only closest parallel I can draw to it. Yeah, I can understand yeah. that. Yeah, but it's it's still like saying Amazon Prime really love really love this one show that's on Amazon Prime. They've they've released sort of two or three great Amazon Prime only shows, whereas Netflix pumps out shows like no one's business and. Half of them I've not even bothered looking at because they just look like another generic sort of show that I'm probably not going to get into. Mm-hmm. Like Netflix has the quantity, but I'm pretty sure that the quality of some of the Amazon Prime shows that aren't nearly as well advertised are just as good as some of the shows that I've watched on Netflix. And I assume oh, yeah. that's like it's something that you can put across probably to the stores as well because like Fortnite. It's had massive success on the on a smaller platform than it probably ever would have done on Steam. Yeah, I I don't know that 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 would be an interesting. Well, I mean, we can't ever explore it, but it's an interesting no. point. <laughs> I mean, but the, uh, another thing as well is like that when you buy something on Epic Games, like the you got the the supporter creator codes that you can use just for buying anything. So if you're a you have a, a favorite YouTuber or streamer or someone who is affiliated with Epic Games through normally through Fortnite, you can enter your code when you buy something at checkout, and a small percentage of the money that you pay for that game or for V bucks or whatever you're buying goes towards those creators, and that's for anything on that on that. Even even when you buy a free game, you can stick in someone's creator code and. I, I hope that when you buy a, when you get a free game through Epic and still put a code in, they still get a little bit of credit for using that and making their their platform sort of advertised through them, basically. Uh, that's but that's where you'd Epic, never get that with Steam. You'd never get that with Steam. No, no, and that's where Epic's like that. targeting influencers. Uh, that's their forum. Their forum is target the mainstream. And yeah. they're doing it very well, very, very well. And in fact, you know, like, like you said, Fortnite has like so much success and all of that I would say is down to streamers. Yeah. Like they know exactly how to use that market. And like, I think um, the support a creator thing is actually built around even just specific requirements that make that clear. Like um, if you want to apply to become, I think it's a, a affiliate I think is one mm. of the terms or I'm mixing that up with Twitch maybe. Yeah. It's like the, the creators, the content creators that are accepted for that system have to start with at least a thousand followers on one of their social media things. Mm. Oh yeah, 100%. So it's this sort of thing of, you, yeah, you can join in on this, but only 
that on the basis that we know you're getting exposure. <laughs> that makes sense, though. I mean, under a thousand viewers on a regular basis, you're not really doing yeah, much. You're not going to get a percent. You're not going to get a percentage of that if people type. So, say we're putting in N dash into the content creator code. <laughs> oh. <laughs> only, 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 only about five people are going to be putting that code in. That's not really going to be Gosh. much of a. Uh, did, did you did yeah. you say only five? I mean, that's fucking lucky. Like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. If you're lucky, yeah, only five people are going to be doing it. But a funny thing though, like if 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 you are under a thousand subs, even like fringing on a thousand, the cost to mm. create that code is probably more than having a thousand <laughs> subs. To, yeah, exactly. Probably, yeah. yeah. Like definitely more than like the people paying for that game. <laughs> Just thinking, if there was a. Uh... Five people going on to Endash. Um, I assume it would be the four of us, obviously, and then that one guy who's actually looking for SpongeBob Endash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, at least that's a view I would otherwise not have from uh, Russian Endash. The com- comparisons we can make. Car- comparisons we can make between Steams and Epic at the moment is I have. Uh, 50, 21 games in my Epic Games library, right? I paid for one of those games. Sorry, yeah, two of those. Yeah, give away a lot of free games. I have paid good. for two of those games. 19 of those games were given to me for free. My theory on the, the free games thing that Epic do is that Epic makes so much money from just Fortnite alone is that they can just buy codes and buy copies of games from developers and just hand them out willy-nilly. Yeah, I, I think this is kind of what I was saying earlier. Like, because their approach has been to very aggressively try to establish their share of the market and expand it, it is just throwing money. It's just yeah. throwing money without much passion behind it. It's just, we've got the money. We're here. Fucking, here's a thousand quid. Now go over there and tell them all I'm class. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like... Or like Valve is obviously making a huge amount of money, and they're not all that great when it comes to developer support and things. Obviously, but you can see with what Valve does, it feels like they're more passionate about what they're doing. Like you've got review systems, you've got your forum set up, you've got your green light system, you've got modding integrated, and then they put like fucking god knows how much money into developing things like Steam consoles and the VR headsets and things like that. It feels like they are properly invested in the games development and all the rest of it around Steam, whereas Epic just feels a bit more fucking buy stuff, fucking buy stuff. Here's a free game now, fucking buy this exclusive for 60 quid. Yeah, I mean, that that does sum it up quite well. And uh, I've got 50 games on my Epic Games account, and I, I didn't. I, I, I just wanted to check my Steam library, and uh, it turns out I was wrong. I don't have 350. I have 429, um, Ooh, which yeah. is quite a lot. Delete nine of those. Delete, delete nine of them. <laughs> oh, there, there are. It. You'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> there Give him a minute. There, there are a couple of games on here which I'm not going to name names, but there are some god awful ones that I got in. Oh, yeah. Star Island. Oh, no. <laughs> Rob, you... That's not god-awful. That's Masterpiece. Yeah, just sweet Larry. Masterpiece. It's a piece of art. I've got uh, four Epic Games, which were all free ones. And um, on Steam, I have 322 games. And I'd say 
the vast, like 95 plus percent of that, I'll have played them all for a bit, like a couple of hours at least. Pretty good. It's mainly because I am strict about the refund thing. It, this, this is another element of where Steam has failed, and I'm not even going to try to research how bad Epic is on it, but Steam had to be dragged kicking and screaming to allowing refunds, and if they could, and if the <laughs> European consumer laws didn't exist, they probably would not offer refunds or anything else. But um, the fact that they do a system where you get two hours to try out a game if you don't like it, if it's broken, if it just doesn't work on your computer, you can refund it, no questions asked. And um, that's an excellent way for me to do damage control on the amount of utter early access shit that Jordan makes me buy. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever played uh, one of those games that Jordy's persuaded you to buy for two hours, one minute? and realized you've gone over the, the limit, or do you set up like a reminder Definitely on your has. phone? Yes, that game is called Miscreated, and it's sitting there on my thing there in my library. I, I think about it from time to time. I'm sure it'll get I, better. I've, yeah, one of my mates bought me that, and um, I've played it a few times. It is, it's just Daisy, but they're mutants instead of zombies. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's not too not bad. Much. Like, as far as Daisy clones go... It's, it's not one too of the bad ones. It's not. It's not yeah. a Sergey Titov. That's what it's not. That's yeah. true. And that that's another condemnation of Steam that Sergey Titov can openly operate on the Steam platform yeah. without any kind of reprisal. So that's the yeah. other thing as well. Like Epic has very Far very curated. strict like guidelines to what is uploaded. Far mm. more curated, and we we've been joking over the past couple of weeks. Some. Uh, well, I mean, we'll leave it up to the audience to s- decide whether or not we are serious about some of them. But there's been a lot of, um, shall we say, tasteful games that have come onto the Steam store in the past month alone. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, we, which uh, Gary, when he saw it, went, um, <laughs> and is, by the sounds of this, is actually considering getting it, even if it's just for the pants. Just for the pants, obviously, just for the pants. Just for the bands. Hashtag bands with the lads. And to be fair, at least you can actually get that. That option is there if you want to be a very interesting gentleman with very interesting tastes. Interesting. It, uh, it's all research. Interesting is me being very diplomatic. It's, yes. it's, it's just documentaries, everyone. It's just research. Mm, I'm, research. I'm a journalist. I'm a citizen journalist. God, oh God, imagine being. <laughs> and that, your honor, is the defense. Imagine being like a, a daily journalist for video games and having to sift through the utter shit that comes onto Steam. But that's where the review system came in because the library is that big. You can't wait for someone to pick it up and put a Metacritic score or anything. So giving it to the community with all its feelings at least provides sort of straight straight off the bat reviews from people that are playing it. And yeah, a lot of the reviews are complete trash and useless, but there are a few people that seem to just religiously work through their libraries and offer proper reviews of their games that I find quite helpful. That's why yeah, Steam, Steam has got that down to a T, like user reviews, whereas Epic uses Open Critic, which is literally just like, a lot of open cricket, crit, uh, open critic, not cricket. <laughs> open uh, critic. It's all of a. Uh, <laughs> it's like 
IGN giving it a 7.4 or giving like high ratings and PC Gamer yeah. and then Metroid Game Central and Euro Gamer just giving like basic run of the mill fucking reviews for games. No actual like the things I love on Steam is when you go on Steam and you get like a a short and sweet review of a game that's like blooming uh blew up 50 zombies in in a in a town 10 out of 10 would would do it again those, <laughs> those sort of those sort of like reviews i love they're brilliant and they're so like niche but you do obviously get some decent and well-written reviews as well but you can't always trust the mainstream when it comes to reviews. Media. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a bit of something yeah, for it, everyone. It is a sort of thing of, like, it's it's good to get a well-written review from a professional video games journalist if you really want to sort of savor that kind of writing and get a feeling from someone who obviously does this for a living and does it every single day. But on another level, if they do that, they're going to have a very dis- different perspective to the guy who, like you on Steam, also has 53 RTS games that he religiously exactly. plays every single day. <laughs> and also, you've got to take into account that uh, as a journalist, one would hope that they wouldn't do this, but there is some uh, backhanders going on. And also, even if there aren't any backhanders going on, if they were to potentially say something bad about a game, then they may not be able to review any games free by that company ever again so yeah yeah exactly the, the people on steam are free from that sort of threat yeah so the I, I i do like steam for that and and there is uh suggested creators sorry curators creators um one yeah. of my favorites being yeah. uh, a certain someone from a video game i'm commander shepherd and this is my favorite game on steam Oh no, the gag ones, yeah. Gary. The gag ones. <laughs> but you know it's a gag. See, I, f- I found the curators quite useful for like. Um, there's one for ultra wide gaming and stuff that just says like this one uh, supports or is native twenty one by nine. Thank you. Mm. Now I got my shiny new giant monitor. And uh, there's VR recommended ones as well that have gone over like yeah, this is shit or like it's got you know built in support or it's you know been updated but the motion controls don't work that sort of thing so you know they've been quite handy to look at but uh, yeah a lot of them are just complete trash curators to be honest mm. and, and i'd uh, say i'd say if the four of us were to review a single game you would get four different massively different reviews and and different like views and aspects of games like if we all yeah if we were all to like give daisy a review <laughs> and rating, yeah. well you already it have. would be different me, me and gary across would the be board. like generally positive but critical brendan would be fucking beans fucking finding beans walking simulator seven years of development seven years Seven years, beans. <laughs> That's all the review would be. The review would just be me typing in different ways in different fonts. Seven years of development. I, I like how we'll work and no play. Regardless of the episode, we definitely have our tropes, and we always go back to the same stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're so let's bitter. talk about a different game. Uh, anyway, let's talk about that game again. Let's talk about the- Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> let's talk about the game. I told you, <laughs> I will libel people. <laughs> Oh, we're aware. Let's uh, talk about a we're game. We're just waiting called... on Gary now, isn't it? Is it just no? Wait, no. It's uh, who is? It's just you, Brendan, isn't it? That needs to libel somebody at this point. Wait, no, um, I haven't libeled. 
Yeah, you did. When? You were the first one. No, I was the first Don't one. Don't ask when. That's how this works. Geordie <laughs> <laughs> Geordie was the first one. I I yeah. I said a comment that led Geordie to libel. Um, Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Gary hasn't. I haven't libeled yeah. you. Oh. oh, yeah, it's just you and Brendan left. Yeah. Well, let's... Give it time. Let's, it it uh, will happen. <laughs> so other, other sort of game... Companies that uh, sort of offer similar sort of things, the Microsoft Store. Yeah. So I oh, think God. the Xbox Game Pass is a wonderful, wonderful addition to the Windows Store. Like it's it's made sort of the Xbox and PC side of games a little bit more tolerable, much better than what it previously was, which was the Windows. Windows Live, was it? Games was for it? Windows Live. and Games uh, for Windows Live. Oh, we haven't even touched that yeah, yet. Yeah, that was awful, and we shan't speak about it. But the new... Oh, I loved it. The new and improved Microsoft Store with the integration with Xbox Game Pass is fantastic. Because if you don't use it for so, off, for so long, you eventually get a, here, guys, please... Try us out for a month for one pound or one dollar. Oh, yeah. And then you get a full library full of games. Like, I'm just looking at the games that are available now on the Game Pass to me for one dollar. So I can get Sea of Thieves, which I paid 50 quid for on release for free. Tekken 7. That's been, that's been well updated, actually. Mm. I, I really want to play that again. I really want to play it again. And well, Geordie, if, if you're ever up for it. If you want to spend a dollar, sail the seven seas. Wonderful, we'll do I, that. I, I, I would fees. love to do that. Rob and I streamed that on his channel. The shit out of it during the beta. It was so much fun. But then we, just, we spoke like pirates for the entire time. Oh my god, my, we both ended up with very of, sore throats. Oh my god, our voice, our throats were like fucking dead at the end of it. We did it. But it's were worth it. We did two five-hour streams, two days in a row. Jesus. Yeah, pretty much it did speaking quite well from the channel. Yeah, it did very well. Hear, hear, hear me out. The game, the game pass. So you got CFEs, Tekken Seven, Mud Runner, Tabs, Dead by Daylight, Formula One 2018, Escapist, Fallout Four, and just a shitload of other games like The Long Dark, Wasteland Free, Journey to the Savage Planet, Absolver, Metal Slug. Loads of like classics. Loads of like brand new games. Fucking Minecraft's on there, Rocket League, Human Fall Flat, Untitled Goose Game. For a dollar. This episode for, for brought to you by the Microsoft Store. <laughs> <laughs> like, and and even without it being on special offer for like a dollar, fifteen quid a month isn't too bad for the amount of games that you get for it. That's like yeah, that's a pretty mm, decent deal. And I, I that's was pretty good. I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Jody, because I was going to say like. Moving into the future, like what are the next steps for these platforms that you would like to see? Uh, me personally, I think having a a subscription service to something like Epic or Steam would be really nice. Yeah, like being able to rent so many titles a month to try for like the full game, not just a demo for yeah. like however many hours sort of thing. Well, rather than just rent. Uh, I mean, it is you are technically renting, but like, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you get to keep it, but only for as long as you pay. So you're paying, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I I would love to have something like that on Steam. Um, I feel like uh, 
Steam is probably less likely to do that because of the sheer quantity of games, whereas Epic is but then you more do, likely. But then you do what X, what you do what the Xbox Game Pass has done, and only have a select few games. There's quite a lot of games on there, but it is a select few. There are some games that aren't on there. True, and obviously that's that's obviously run through developers to let them be included in that particular pass. And obviously Xbox is a massive, massive part of the market. Yeah. I, 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 Origin, I, Origin's I, been doing it. Origin Access has been yeah. going for quite a while. Yeah, and we, Rob, you and I played uh, A Way Out together through Origin Access. Yeah. And that to be was... fair, isn't that EA Games that Origin specifically yeah. has? Yeah. So that yeah. kind of makes sense. Like for, for Steam, I think the big gamble they take with just Steam as an example is if they switch over to whatever monthly payment it is, it could affect the revenue that they would normally be getting on sales for a huge variety of other things. And obviously all the various developers and publishers that have their games on Steam could then be negatively affected from Steam implementing that subscription service. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised mm-hmm. if they've already considered it. And I, like I said, I think the sheer yeah. quantity of games is unfathomable. Unfathomable? Unfathomable. Whatever. Fathomable. Unfathomable to even <laughs> contemplate doing it. Epic, I can easily see them doing something like that. Yeah, because they're still at an early enough stage that I think they could fit that into their model. Because I think like when, when we think about live service and how a lot of games are sort of structured around, and obviously Origins is a perfect example with the Access Pass, I think software as a service is obviously a growing thing across just the tech industry in general, including games and obviously TV broadcast and movie broadcast. And I would not be surprised if something like, well, Stadia is obviously something they're looking at with Google, but I wouldn't be surprised if like a platform like Epic leaned towards trying to make use of that. Yeah, it would make sense. They might even get more money from it because like, like us, for, us four, we all usually use Epic just for the free games that you get every week. And maybe a title that comes out that we like the look of, but currently... There. Yeah, I grabbed Just Cause 4. Like, I have no intention of playing it anytime soon, but I grabbed it just in case because I do mm. quite enjoy Just Causes. Any, uh, any other features you'd like to see implemented to mainly Steam or Epic or any of the other platforms? I would like it if Steam would just update someday pretty soon with a great big banner that says pre-purchase Half-Life. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> That'd be nice if you'd like to do that, Gabe. Yeah, a big, big, big banner at the top of the page. I couldn't really think of anything else that Steam has just been Steam for so long, and I'm just, I'm pretty sure we're all pretty content with it. Mm. Yeah, it's checked a lot of the boxes. Like obviously, when it comes down to the percentage of the cut they take out from under developers, needs looked at. Like they're long enough in the game that I think they could afford to take a little cut. I think I don't think the company's going to collapse by dropping that 30% a bit. Oh, speaking of which, Brendan, thank you for mentioning that because I completely forgot to mention this. I have a huge sheet of research that I've done that's oh. kind of slowly been like tapped into. Um, but as of 2019, as a game publisher or developer, if you now sell $10 million, the 30% cut drops down to 25 and if you sell $50 million, it drops down to 20%. So it's still not reaching the, the small figure of uh, Epic Games Store. However, it's something. 
which is nice. But to reach 10 million sales, $10 million of sales, um, that's quite substantial. And it, yeah. to be honest, the cut there only favors those who are already making a lot of money and not the indie devs. Yeah. So exactly. It's yeah. kind of a shit move, like profit for the rich and all that. So the profit margin, I'm just, I'm a little bit baffled with the profit margins in, in terms of, so the steam take 30% of all games yeah. from the, from the developers, yeah. the revenue. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you're telling me if a game makes 50 million, Steam just take 10 million of that. Yeah, yeah. Which is why they've not really bothered developing any games over the past decade, because they don't have to. Yeah. They could just, they could just making billions, making billions every year. They are making bank they, just by existing. And even the game, but then, uh, like... Go on. Sorry, no, go ahead. It, but yeah, that's excluding all of the games that they own and all the, yeah. all the microtransactions that they sell. Like that, yeah. Sorry, this this is just standalone game revenue that they are making four point three billion in a single year. That was in twenty seventeen. Yeah, and uh, like there is a point to be made there because uh, I've noted actually kind of loosely in the brackets. Um, this is excluding DLC and hardware, but that is something to dwell upon. With they just sit back and they haven't made games until bloody Alex and Hand Labs and stuff recently. But in the background of them just sitting there churning through billions of revenue, they have been like farting out with things like the Steam consoles and they've been trying mm-hmm. Steam controllers and they're like looking the at things index. in the background there that sees them trying to sort of work their own space out and the Valve yeah. Index that has now released and made them God knows how much money. So they're, oh, we There's 30,000 games on Steam. And they're making that much percentage off of each game. Oh, yeah. And they yep. still have the cheek to sell their fucking headsets at a grand a piece. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, but they can. Which is, like, I think maybe the real resolution to this entire discussion is that it's, it's kind of pointless to debate about which platform is better against which other platform because it's always going to fall down to personal taste. And ultimately, you're never going to come out on top because there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. Bam! And we're back to <laughs> anti-capitalism. <laughs> Get the guillotine! <laughs> Well, <laughs> buy the new Valve guillotine in stores for $15,000. <laughs> Probably quite cheap for a guillotine, especially if it cuts in one hit. Yeah, fair. That's, that takes a certain level of artisan skill. Yeah. You, To be fair, a, a guillotine's probably got to be made out of oak, and it's probably got to have some of the fucking strongest uh, fucking Daedric steel. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... Oops, sorry, Jody, go on. I was just going to have a little, a little quick detour from the subject, but something that me and Brendan like to uh, discuss when it comes to purchasing games, whether it's through whatever store you're purchasing games through. But um, we, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm right in saying what I'm saying. But the, um, we have the terminology of the pound per hour. Oh yes, value. Whereas you, you, I don't know about what you guys feel about. Me and Gary usually do uh, like the night out equivalent. Yeah. You know, I usually spend like 30 quid on a night out, you know. And that's cheap. Like, 
yeah, living in like London, you got... could easily spend like a hundred yeah. plus yeah. rooftop bars. Plus. But yeah, if you can get the same, at least the same amount of enjoyment out of your money as you could, yeah, on that night out for the same price, so, it's it's fair game. So I I tend to see it as rather than one pound per hour, which you guys do. My mine is so a pint costs me five fifty. If I drink the pint, I'm a slow drinker, so the pint will take me maybe. 40 minutes to 45 minutes. This seems minutes. a little convoluted already. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but let's just say it's like half an hour just for the sake of it, right? So five quid for half an hour. That's, ten, that's how I usually see it. And, but then that half an hour depends on whether or not I actually enjoy the game. So if I'm playing half an hour of the game and it's fucking shit, but I paid 50 quid for it, then I'm going to be really pissed off. Whereas if I spent 10 quid on a game and I spend uh, like 200 hours in it, then I've obviously made my money's back multiple times over yeah okay i I agree with that i think that's that's pretty fair to be honest yeah i think we can probably go into a much deeper dive of like how we classify a uh a game's worth maybe in a later episode we're gonna go all buzzfeed and do an episode of worth it Maybe. It's free games. It's free another list price of points. long and short games. Well, no, no, maybe not like a list of games. Just like what we find enjoyable. Like what, <coughs> what, what, what to us makes an enjoyable game. Mm. But that, that's that something a, we can think about. That could be a cool concept. We find free games that are very <laughs> similar and enjoyable. Brendan's fucking we each temple pods just fucking blowing up. <laughs> What's that a list? <laughs> no, 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 we each friends. list three list? games that are not alike to be Daisy or Hunt Shooter. You said that. <laughs> he now. said it. Oh. Get the klaxon out, yeah, boys! He said an it. entire episode without actually mentioning that game. Oh no, man. no, I have to lie. Who mentioned it? Who mentioned it? You, Brandon. You hoisted. You're just mad that I mentioned it before you could. Hoisted by you. No, no, no. I made a conscious effort this one now, not to actually fucking mention it. Now that Brendan's mentioned I knew it, it would upset you. Now that Brendan's mentioned it, are we going to actually ask him? On the podcast, did he enjoy it what, he when he played it yeah. the other day? Yeah. Because you have purchased yeah, it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I'm sure I'll probably play another match at some point in the future. <laughs> like it's grand. Another match. <laughs> cool. Uh, as far as like reviews from Brendan go, that is actually quite fucking positive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I we saw the the review that he left for DayZ, and it was scathing to say the least. And he was playing it just did the you other day. For it? Yes, you did. <laughs> Let's see. Now, there's an important element to factor in here. I play Daisy because these fuckers are always fucking playing it. Always <laughs> fucking collecting those beans. Yeah, so I have to game, hop yeah. in. If I want to get a little bit of fucking multiplayer action, I have to get in on the fucking bean collecting. Anyway, <clears throat> moving on. That's probably a good place to call it. <laughs> Brendan getting really angry about beans. Fucking <laughs> beans! Uh, and, uh, unless there's anything else that you guys want to add to round it off? No, no. I think we're, I think we're pretty good. But that's a complete silence. I think we've uh, we've gone through the majority. And uh, if anyone else has any strong opinions on another, I think we're all good. No, I have no strong feelings one way or the other. <laughs> Do we give any shout-outs to those other ones that was listed in the uh, research, Gary? Uh, oh, um... Itch, probably. Itch.io itch. is a good indie site. Yeah. If you need indie games, it's the one to go for. 
Yeah, there, there's a couple of others on there, um, like small. These are online retailers that I've put in the document. Uh, maybe worth shouting out just in case you're interested. Uh, you know, Green Man Gaming, OnePlay, Itch.io. That one to me looked the best because I really like indie games. Um, I haven't bought anything off it yet, but I might do. There seem to be quite a few games on there as well, so I might check it out. But feel free to have a look. Uh, direct to drive, uh, one called Gamers Gate, which is not related to Gamer Gate. Very bad choice of name. Um, I haven't checked it out. I hope it's all right. <laughs> uh, obviously, the Humble Store, which uh, we mentioned. Uh, and I think uh, CD Keys, Brendan, you use that quite a bit. Yeah, um, CD Keys is just good for if you've missed a Steam sale, they have probably nabbed a few keys during the Steam sale so you can get something at a lower price, which might have pre might currently be on Steam for quite a high price. So it tends to help quite a lot if uh, money's a bit tight. And yeah, I mean, we, we haven't listed every single platform that's out there. I mean, there's some that we haven't mentioned, like the Todd Howard launcher. Um, but they all kind of do the same sort of thing. It's just ones that we've interacted with the most. Uh, the online retailers for us was just like a bit of extra, like that they're there if you choose to, to buy from them. But as I'm sure you're aware, all four of us tend to purchase <laughs> mainly through Steam, uh, probably just because of the convenience more than anything else. So, yeah, I mean, if if any of our listeners have anything to uh, to add to the conversation, uh, have we missed anything of any importance? Like, are there any? I'm sure there's loads of controversial topics around this anyway. But if there's anything that we have haven't touched upon, and you'd like us to elaborate or discuss, then please let us know. Give us a little. As long as it's not about beans. Give us a little tweet, Rooney. Oh, where can we find the Twitter Rooney handle, Jordy? Oh, well, Gary, I'm glad you asked. You can tweet us at VGC underscore podcast. That oh. is VGC underscore podcast. That was almost professional. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. a good little discussion. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we will see you all in the uh, the next one. But where can we find... The rest of you guys, if we want to find you else on the internet. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Coxie. You can also find me on YouTube, uh, N- You can find me on Twitch TV forward slash Geordie Wiz streaming. And Brendan? I've already been fined. I was never lost. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we've got our own little... A uh, certain uh, person from a very particular type of TV show that's on uh, that one streaming service that we mentioned earlier. Hey, you what now? What? Stig. We have ah, a stick. Ah, right. Oh, okay. Okay. That should have been explicitly referenced earlier. And on that bombshell. Oh, no. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> that's why I didn't want to mention.